Hello, I'm Stephen, this is Mick, and today we're going to be talking about dating apps. Before we begin, we just want to say that this is only a discussion. There are no right or wrong answers. These are just our thoughts and opinions which can and will change. Neither of us are experts on anything. We are just two dudes talking. All right, I said that we're talking about dating apps today, but we're going to change it up a little bit because what we were going to do is develop a dating app, but we don't want to develop a dating app. We want to develop a relationship app. So a bit of a, uh, bit of a bait and switch on the top there, but it's in the same, uh, same uh, ballpark. So yeah, like I was saying, our objective today is to come up with ideas. Okay, if we were to develop a relationship app, how would we go about it? We're going to stick to a high level overview of how we would do it. So we're not going to get into the nitty gritty of, okay, we'd set up a database, we'd filter paper out like this, like the actual practical implementation of it. We're going to try and avoid that. Although if you like our idea and want some ideas about how to practically implement it, give us a call. <laughs> but we'll uh, try and avoid that for this discussion. We're, this episode is actually kind of a continuation from the last episode we did on dating apps where it was we were talking about the landscape of dating apps so just a quick reminder I've had a bit of experience with them I've been using them for about one to two years Mick has zero experience and all that he knows about it is from that last episode and maybe a little bit from other friends he's got so Mick just before we begin are there any takeaways from last episode that you just want to bring up yeah I think the most interesting uh find so I guess the two takeaways was there was sort of like a profiling kind of app where you um where you spent more time in order to build up uh, what your profile and look at others and then there was these sort of carousel quick apps which are you know like the tinder ones which are just quickly go through so I think the difference was uh interesting and I guess one of the things that were that I learned the most was um, probably just the digital mediation that those apps provide. So they have different levels of mediation to the point of I think you're explaining how Tinder basically uh, you might uh, like someone um, but it doesn't mean that the message actually gets to them. It sort of sits in a queue and you're hoping that they get to that through their queue themselves. So yeah, just the uh, way in which the, um, the app mediates um, the connection between two people was quite interesting as well. Yeah, I think that is a, pretty much the big distinction between all the types of apps that are out there. Like you said, there's one where it's pretty much open, where it's similar to like a Facebook or a uh, uh, LinkedIn where you create your own profile and you can see other people, you can interact with them at will versus the more carousel swipe ones where it's like, okay, you've got a short period of time to evaluate someone choose whether you want to interact with them or not and then depending on how the other person uh, selects for you whether they even see you or not is dependent on if you can connect with them so they're the dating apps we're making a relationship app with any design uh, challenge design when you're trying to develop something the first thing that you want to start with is what is it we're trying to do? What is our objective? Because at the end of the day, that is the re whole reason for doing something. So Mick, that means our first question is going to be, and I'm throwing this to you, what do you think our objective is for this app? Yeah, well, maybe what I first start off with is um, we've got dating and we've got a relationship. I'm wondering if we can talk through and maybe you've got some ideas of what the, the what, why I guess we use dating apps and then, we're trying to focus on relationship apps. What's the difference for you between the dating and the objective of dating app and a and maybe a relationship app before we go into yeah what our objectives are for it? That is that's a good question. And for me, the way I picture it is when you're looking for a relationship, relationship itself, I'm thinking is long term. This is a partner, someone that you possibly spend the rest of your life with. I mean, hopefully, someone you can really get to know deeply that we'll get to know you deeply that you want to be around like good times bad times i mean standard stuff <laughs> whereas dating app is kind of you're just getting to know people and the way i see the distinction between the two is when you're looking for a long-term relationship you have a good understanding of yourself at that point in time you understand who you are what you enjoy where you're going in life, like what your goals and objectives are. And at that point in time, I think is when you want to start looking for a longer term relationship. 
Whereas dating is maybe when you don't know yourself so well, you're a little bit unsure about things. So dating is, okay, I want to go out and meet people. I want to be in relationships, but I'm not sure that it's going to be long-term because I don't even know myself. So it's more getting to know yourself through being with other people versus a long-term relationship or is you already know yourself fairly well and you're just looking for someone else to be with you through that. I like that distinction actually. Um, Yeah, I hadn't really thought too much about the difference between them. I sort of saw dating as one of the interactions which you do in order to have a relationship, I guess. Um, But I like the idea that you sort of said that um, dating is sort of when you don't know what you exactly want, you're not looking for uh, to settle down. Maybe that's the, in quotes, the settle down kind of concept. And so you're just wanting to uh, maybe meet and explore different, uh, uh, find out uh, different people and all the rest of it. Whereas a relationship app is, okay, I'm ready to sort of settle down with someone I I have roughly what I feel like I I would like and then basically you're trying to look for a partner. It's actually, it's coincidental that you asked me that and I had that answer because when I was thinking about what I wanted to say for this show, one of the suggestions I had at the end was, okay, suggestions in terms of dating and relationships and one of the things I was thinking of, well, before you get into a relationship, you should... Uh, hopefully understand yourself and then but then I was thinking hang on that that's very limiting like you wouldn't a lot of people don't know themselves ever so it's like that's going to stop you so I was thinking what is the function then when you're still trying to figure out who you are and that's how I came to oh maybe that's a good distinction between what a relationship should be versus what dating should be yeah I think it's a great extension and I think it actually leans into because the next question I was going to ask is what before we look at the objective, um, what is it that we consider uh, a success? So, like uh, in my mind, a dating app, the success is that someone got a date. Whereas I guess this, um, and so they might come back to that service multiple times because the service in itself considers a date as being a a successful. I guess uh, as dehumanizing as this is a successful transaction. And so maybe the difference between a relationship and a dating app is that uh, uh, the success in a relationship app is that uh, you actually are in a in a somewhat of a long term relationship and you're not coming back, I guess. Um, so yeah, what what would you see as the success? What would be success for a date uh, for a relationship app? Would it be? Do you think it would be that? Yeah, I think so. I think finding someone that that you want to be with that you no longer are interested in looking for other people in a romantic relationship way. Yep. Yeah. So the success for us, our business is a little bit different to the other businesses. We want to get rid of our clients. Yes. Over time. So, which is very strange, very strange business model. So our success is when we can get rid of them. Correct. I mean, I think so. Well, at least that's that's what I was going for as well, which is so in terms of long-term objective, I mean, not long-term, in terms of our objective when developing this app, is it fair to say that we are trying to get people together in long-term relationships? Yes. Yeah. Meaning they won't come back to our app, hopefully, if we are successful. That's correct. If we're successful, yes. One addendum I will make to that is that our goal is to connect people for potential long-term intimate or romantic relationships because pure it, it's it's purely to set in our mind that it, and to remind ourselves that people vary like you just because two people connect doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work out it's just the potential for it to work out to increase the likelihood that they will result in a long-term relationship not necessarily that every single match the first time they have to be perfect they have to be the the relationship right there yeah i guess our our job well our our ideal objective is to get people in a long-term relationship and and not come back to our service um i guess the uh what we do is to basically provide opportunity Uh, so the idea is that we we don't know how a relationship is necessarily uh, comes together, but we know that uh, we we've got ways in which we can provide opportunities for people to um, to have a long term relationship. So maybe it is that the function is to provide those opportunities. Yeah, I think so. Because if you say, if we say specifically, the goal is to get them in long term 
relationships, then it's kind of like at what cost, like at the cost of their happiness. It's it's similar to if you ask a uh, artificial intelligence, um, keep people safe. It's like it can interpret that in many different ways. Say, so, well, I'll keep people safe by wiping out people because they're the biggest threat to themselves. So if I just get rid of them, they'll be safe. It's that kind of thing. It's like you got to make sure that you identify what are the limitations of that as well. Yeah. So it's like uh, possibly we can never obtain our objective of having someone in a long-term relationship because it's ideal. So like everyone to be in that position is an ideal scenario, but it's but it's important to have that goal there in order for us to uh, make opportunity. So if we didn't have that goal, then our opportunities wouldn't come from that intent. Um, so, yeah, maybe the difference is the objective is like the ideal and then the service is we provide the opportunity, which is the practical. What's the saying? A man's reach should be beyond his grasp or something like that. You should try and achieve something that is beyond what you're capable of achieving. So I think that's kind of what we're getting at with this objective. Yeah, correct. I want to also say that in developing this, let's let's also say what our principles are, what type of values, how we are. If we were to, as a business, as a development of, of this application, what are the principles that we're building it based off? And I've got here the principles that we outlined in the Rebooting Society because I think in general, as, as a set of principles just to live your life by, I think they were pretty good. <laughs> like that's how I try and live my life by. That's the set I've currently got that I always uh, reflect on and am I um, adhering to these principles whenever I'm doing something. So we had honesty, transparency, agency, accountability and compassion. Maybe do we want to just do briefly a little bit about each one and how that may affect our, how we design yeah, I think that'd be good. That. Yeah. So I think honesty and transparency kind of go hand in hand. So we can talk about them a bit together. So transparency would be, okay, let the people using, let our users know this is what we're doing with the app. This is what we're doing with their data. This is how, you know, how it all works instead of hiding or obfuscating stuff. And honesty is obviously, we talked about this a bit in the facts one where it's like we are, we are telling them what we believe inside. We're not you know, disconnecting the two there. How does yeah. that sound? Uh, that sounds that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, and I think honesty and transparency uh, is important so that, that we don't obfuscate our goals. So basically, and also uh, communicate our limitations. So you know that there's only so much as a dating um, a relationship service we can provide. And so not overselling ourselves to something that we can't do. I think that uh, that's important to understand where we fit in people making relationships and then being honest about where, where our limitations are and what we can actually provide. And the other thing is, again, similar to what we were saying in the facts episode was when we are honest, we are trying to align with reality. And when we align with reality, that is when we use the least amount of energy because we're not having to create the environment. The environment already exists as it is and takes care of itself. So hopefully if we are honest, transparent, and that aligns with reality, we will have to put in the least amount of effort to get the desired outcome as well. Yeah, and I think that's both on the uh, the working side, so the providing the service, but also for the clients themselves. So you can imagine if we offer something that we can't actually uh, offer, if we go sell ourselves beyond where we can sell, there's two, There's energy being lost because the client believes that we can provide them something we can't and then there's energy lost on our side to manage the discrepancy. So, you know, uh, because a client can't get what they want, we're, now we've got to manage it in some way. Um, so it's a waste of energy on both sides. Whereas if we're in alignment, like you said, you're trying to align with reality. If you're in best alignment with the reality, uh, the client's not uh, sort of looking for something that you can't necessarily provide and you're not wasting your time trying to convince them that they are, that you can. Agreed. All right, our next principle then is agency. So this is, again, that we each have a choice. We, we each have, uh, what's another word for agency? <laughs> control over our lives, control on how we interact. And so this is, I guess, to me, in the context of designing a relationship app would be that the user has 
full control over what they're doing, how they're interacting, how things are happening. Is that how you would see agency fitting into, say, the development of a relationship app? Yeah, I guess so. It's the yeah, agency is the level of control that individual has over uh, what the app actually does. So part of that is obviously the information in which you can get access to, the information which you can provide, but uh, also the way in which the service might determine matches, I guess, um, is a, is another area. Uh, accountability is our fourth one. That would be, again, you have the freedom to make your own decisions. That means you also have to deal with the consequences, whether that be good or bad. That's not to say like just when we say consequences, maybe we think it's always negative. It's, it's not always negative sometimes or not sometimes. I'd say about on average, it's 50-50. The consequences are going to be good or bad or actually more likely they're going to be good because you're going to act in a way that you would get a good outcome. So just the idea that however you're interacting with this application, say if you're being a nefarious actor, if you're trying to harm other people, we're gonna you're going to be held accountable for that versus if you interact with it in a, in a good manner, in a deliberate manner, in a kind manner, in a compassionate manner, all these things, then you will get be held accountable for that. Maybe you get helped out or something. Yeah, accountability also is just, um, yeah, uh, being responsible for what you've done. That's really what it comes down to. So, you know, if your service has, has uh, done something that uh, wasn't intended to um, and this it sort of links in a little bit with the honesty and transparency, uh, this as well, but if your service does something that uh, it wasn't intended to do, um, don't try and uh, fool yourself or others that that didn't happen, you're much better off just going, oh, th this is actually what occurred. It wasn't intended to, to be this way and this is the actions which we're, we're going to try and, uh, and do to rectify that. So I think responsibility is just taking, I mean, uh, t it's basically taking responsibility for your actions. Yeah, it's definitely one I would like to keep in mind when doing things that, okay, if, some, if you try attempt to do something and it works out different to what you're expecting, you take responsibility for that. And so, yeah, as, as say the developer of this app, if you try and implement a feature to do something, but it tends to ends up doing something completely unexpected or something harmful, then you take responsibility and go, okay, sorry, we, we made a mistake there. And then like genuinely try and fix up whatever that mistake is or be held accountable for it. I agree. And then the last one is compassion and... Again, this goes both ways from the developer side, from the client side is to just acknowledge that we are all flawed human beings. We make mistakes, you know, hold people accountable again for their actions, but allow them to recover from it, allow them to come back. Like if you do something that, uh, if you do something that others uh, dislike or is seems nefarious, if they learn from it, if they genuinely change, if they're genuinely repentant of it, you know, allow them to, that chance to get back into society, culture, the uh, the group. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a mutual understanding that we're all fallible um, and that uh, ha having compassion is having empathy and understanding for when someone fails and uh, particularly when it's an un unintended or uh, 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 the intent was correct but the, it just didn't come off the right way. So, um, yeah, having compassion's uh, definitely important for us to to just uh, that 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 again I guess leads to that loss of energy. Um, if you're not compassionate, then you're going to have another emotion like frustration and anger. And uh, where does it really get you in the long run if you can't sit there and understand why someone has done something and it didn't work out for them? So yeah, yeah, that acknowledgement that we're all fallible and just like, that's okay. We can move past that. And like you said. If you hold on to it, you're just spending more energy yourself. So, you know. All right. That's kind of uh, our intent with the app. So our objective is to get people into long-term relationships. Again, that's our intent, which we may not necessarily be able to achieve, but it's we're trying to facilitate that. So let's talk about, I know this is kind of the last thing well, for me, this is usually the last thing I consider when doing something, but the business model of how you would actually go about if we were to build a relationship app, what kind of business model would we have? So one thing we realized in doing the previous episode was that 
the objective of the applications or the what they proclaim is their objective is generally in conflict with the way that they actually work. So the objective was to is to connect people together, is to get them into these relationships. But in order for them to make money, they actually need to keep people apart so that they keep coming back to the service. So for us specifically, we want them to actually be in line. We want that and our objective will result in less users. So yeah, thoughts about that, thoughts about keeping our objective aligned with our business yeah, yeah i think um towards the end of the last episode we sort of discussed a, a, an important point i think which was that um i think that a, a relationship can be uh, a relationship app can be a maintainable business model but it can't be a perpetually growing business model and so in the initial stages there's obviously growth as you spread it out throughout the population um but then your app should almost stay in line with the the size of the population. So if population was to go down, I would expect if we're trying to achieve our goal that you would see a, a, a less usage on the app. And if the population were to grow, then you'd see more usage. And if the population was to stay stable, then our app should stay stable after its initial period of that it gets to a particular size, which sort of meets the percentage of the population which we service. So I think the end objective for the business is to have a, a maintainable uh, business model which grows in alignment with the somewhat with the population. I want to reiterate and rephrase what you said there and see if you agree with this because I'm making some assumptions here. Okay, assume population remains the same we would reduce the number of users over time because there's no new users can come in. Say, obviously to begin with, it'll get to a certain point. There's a certain number of uh, single people. But if we were to say that, okay, the ones that we connect last in that relationship over time, it will always diminish, right? But obviously the population doesn't stay static. It, it either increases or decreases. If it increases, the rate of increase of population of people who are viable for this surface also you think about population, not everyone is actually in the situation where they are looking for a relationship. So it will increase at a rate. We want to also be connecting people, be getting people into relationships at a faster, at a, at a, if we're doing our job well, we should be getting people into relationships at a faster rate than you would expect population to be growing. Would you agree with that? Uh, y- yes, I think it, it's an interesting point. I think to some extent, yes. I think there's always a period of time where I guess I say that because if we're doing our job, we should be in harmony with the way in which it's growing. So you don't want to grow a relationship that fast that you're outstripping it, uh, as in you're outstripping the population's need because you might be taking shortcuts in order to do that. So it's to give it time to actually the relationship to grow correctly. So maybe there's a point at which if you were doing your job, you get to a point where it takes, I don't know, maybe 12 months to get that before someone gets into a relationship or something like that. And then you can't go shorter than that because it comes at a cost. So maybe there's a sweet spot. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm just, that there there might be a, a pace that is ideal but in terms of and i don't want to say population because that's actually wrong i don't know what the marketing or the term they would use when normally doing this but i'm going to say viable user base let's say so people who are whatever of a certain age who are in a uh, are single are looking for that long-term relationship that will grow we don't have control over the rate that that grows at i'm assuming here that that rate would be less than if we then then the rate we would have of people getting connected in a relationship, or do you see it as actually it'll probably balance out? Uh, yeah, I have a feeling it might balance out. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it would sort of balance itself out naturally, and um, it would if we were doing our job correctly. Obviously, there's a period of growth which you would have, but the ultimate goal is to have sustainability. It is that. X amount of people are born and X amount of people pass away and X amount of people hit a point at which they want a long-term relationship. So if you get to the system that becomes a bit of a stable state, I know that's a bit 
difficult to to consider. But let's say the population becomes at a stable a stable rate, which the same amount of people coming in are the same amount of people that pass away, and then you, that's that's the first stable rate is the population is stable, and then the second stable rate I think is the rate at which you can find someone a long-term relationship now in an initial period if you're doing your job correctly you probably would be able to uh, speed up that process somewhat but there's going to be a point at which of diminishing returns where you become stable in that in, in that ideal sweet spot as well so that's why i think it will all balance out in the long run because those two factors come to a point where your business is stable and it just fluctuates based on the population growth or decline. Yep. Now I'm with you. Now I'm in agreement with you that yes, initially it might be faster because you're starting it up, but eventually you'll find that steady state where it's like, okay, incoming is equal to outgoing to make it very <laughs> dehuman and abstract. One, uh, what I want to say with that is one thing I'm guessing we can agree on is that there's, it is limited. It's either stable or decreasing. It isn't actually increasing over time like there isn't the way we look at things currently in a lot of different aspects of life is that there is infinite ability for growth whereas we're saying actually there's not there's a stable state or that it's always decreasing yes unless obviously population is continually growing then you could grow at the rate of the population that we would grow at but yes in let's say let's keep it as it, yes we want it to at some point become stable and if and at some point it might actually decline so, so. We're, we're assuming then that our user base is always at least stable or decreasing when we're, we're not assuming that the user base will actually continually increase forever correct there is no finite growth uh, infinite growth yes okay one other thing i want to say before we talk about because i've got an idea about okay how could you make that viable then if your user base is static or decreasing over time but before we get to that i want to just say that the monetary gain is to me a small part of the value of what this app, what you, what getting people into a relationship brings to the world. So the, the money that we can gain from providing this service is only a small part of what value would actually be provided in the world if you could get people into happy long-term relationships. And what I mean by this is say we are again doing our job well effectively then you would expect people getting together in long-term relationships they would be happier they would be more loving people they would because of that bring more love joy into the world because they're happier because they're not let's say out there trying to find people because they 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 have that connection they would be more productive in society so the value that they would bring as a consequence of us helping to get them together is far beyond any measure of money that we could we could make. Is that fair to say? Do you think that that's – do you yes. see it similarly? Okay. I think what you're trying to say there is that um, – uh, to, yeah, so it's like it's better – it's more efficient to have people that are content, I guess. And so by getting them – to a period where they feel content by having, you know, their objective themselves at that point in time of life is to get a long-term relationship. And when they get that long-term relationship, they feel content. And then a content person is one that's fulfilling their own, um, uh, I guess, their own uh, objectives or wants. And so they're going to be more productive because of being in that, in that state of mind. And I guess on the flip side, I would say also that uh, those that are employed to do the business um, there's a level of content there as well that they're contributing and helping out society as well. So um, that, uh, yeah, money is a portion of the value of the business. And then if you see the business that um, people uh, gain a lot of benefit from feeling content, feeling that they're either contributing from the, you know, the, the people that are working with the app to people that are filling a, a goal in life that are actually the users of the app. Um yeah, I, I would agree that, uh, yeah, money isn't the overall objective, yeah. Yeah, I specifically bring that up so that we, for that I, that perspective of, we often see things as what's the monetary value in this, whereas 
generally there's a lot of other values there that we're dismissing. Sometimes I would say in my perspective, most times there's value far beyond the monetary value in it. But a lot of people, a lot of businesses just focus on that monetary aspect. Like they'll operate in such a way that they'll take shortcuts. They'll do manipulative things to squeeze money out of people where it's like you're missing the bigger picture of you operating in such a way is actually more detrimental to society, to culture as a whole. Even though you may accrue a little bit more money out of it, in terms of overall value that you could gain, you've just reduced that a lot. Yeah, I think this is a problem we've seen with a lot of businesses at the moment is that it's it feels that the goal for a business, it's not enough to do what we want to do in this app is that um, to have a sustainable, viable business that doesn't necessarily grow anymore. So all businesses, I think, at all points in time, they're looking for opportunities of growth. And is that really what the businesses always want? That seems to be that they're adhering to the financial system where growth is rewarded. But um, but there's a whole lot of other rewards uh, from not growing that actually, you know, just maintaining. I don't think you see that often. I would like to build a business that is, it maintains. It just maintains what it can, can do. It doesn't uh, grow or it doesn't decline. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's unusual. Yeah, I like that um, approach as well. Speaking of that then, Mick, have you got any ideas? I mean, I've got some here, but have you got any ideas of how we can meet our objective of connecting people in a long-term relationship whilst also being sustainable in terms of monetary uh, and on the money side? Yeah, the million-dollar question talking about money. <laughs> Um, I guess the first thing I'd like to maybe talk through, which is to me the the key component of what these apps provide is it becomes a digital mediator. Um, so I think it would be good to think about uh, what our app provides is a digital mediator between two people. I'm, I'm assuming we just keep it to two people that uh, uh, want to have a long-term relationship. And I guess what we need to do is to build up a mediator that adheres to those principles that we had before that tries to provide them with opportunities for long-term relationships. So I think the, you know, one of those um, uh, principles that we had before was, um, uh, what was it, autonomy or? Agency. Agency. So I think that's, a, that's, that's probably one of the first points I'll probably start to talk about is, okay, I've got a digital mediator what kind of agency do I have over that mediator in order to set it up so that it uh, provides uh, from the business sense provides the best opportunity and from the user sense provides the greatest flexibility to, to hopefully meet their needs. And um, I was kind of thinking about the two extremes that we had uh, with the dating apps. One of them is uh, profile. So I'm going back to dating apps here. One is profile and one is the carousel. And to me, what I thought about is some people like to really have a description around what they want as a relationship and other people are a little bit more uh, flippant as in uh, like to throw caution to the wind. And I think if I think about that digital mediator, for me that would what what we would want to do is to cover that spectrum. So how do you have a relationship app that has spontaneity, mystery and surprise that fills the the those people that uh, are like a little bit more maybe, I don't know if these are the right words, but risk and excitement and, and all the rest of it and then fill the gap for those people that aren't quite comfortable to go down that path and want to be a little bit more prescriptive about who they meet and how they meet them. And so maybe we can start the discussion around that area. Yeah, I mean, you jump past what I was trying to get at with that, which was like, how do we set up a viable business model that is uh, has a declining user base, but is still like sustainable in terms of uh, as a service? But that's all right. So we can go straight into then, I guess, the functionality, how the app would work. So, you what you what what you were saying there? Do you remember what those three words were? I got one of them: spontaneity, um, mystery. 
mystery. And uh, I forget what the, the last one would have been. But the uh, what I'm guessing your idea is that you've picked out in reality when people are connecting in reality, there's certain aspects of that in initial interaction that you're like, okay, we want to digitize this some way. We want to make this parallelized in a digital space. Is that kind of where you're going with at or how you're approaching designing the application? Yeah, I guess I am. I'm, uh, so, yeah, I'm looking at the tool, which is a digital tool um, and, and how to – or technology, how to represent that. And then I'm looking at what people would normally socially do. So, you know, and then I'm trying to go, okay, well, this is what they do sort of generally in, in a social situation. How can I uh, leverage what they do there and – place it on a on a digital platform that provides close to that same experience i guess yeah and just a quick note about like designing things me and you have both worked on projects where we've had to someone's come to us with a problem and we've had a set of technology that we could use utilize to solve this problem and i mean you can you can attest to how you approach this but for me it's like okay what's your problem highlight the key points that you're trying to the key things you're trying to teach and then let's see what the technology that we have can do uh, that will help to 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 i don't know to highlight whatever it is you're trying to get across so for example if you want to teach someone how to drive a car but all you have is a screen it's like okay well you're limited you can't get them to physically interact with it the way they would a car so what kind of what can you simulate that is as close to doing it in reality using the technology that we have? I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah, just that idea that, okay, we, we have an idea about how it would work in reality, how we think it's ideal to work when we're just react, when we're communicating with people in the real world, what parts of that can we map onto a digital space that will work out? Yeah, and what what can't we? To be honest, also it's also about the limitations too. So, um, what can we do in the digital space that's that that's going to work? And I guess what can't we do in the digital space? That um, what are the limitations and what what just won't work? And being I guess honest about that and and trying to bridge that gap. So, to me, there's you know I think I ended the 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 last episode like this. To me, it felt like a bit of a shame of losing the spontaneity of actually having that social human into physical interaction that was more in a traditional sense and then having to have a, a I'm calling a digital mediator because that's what I feel it is. Um, and so there was a, to me, there was a loss there, but I know why there's a loss there and I know why people would go to the digital stuff and there, there is some advantage there, but just understanding that it's very difficult to replicate what is real. And so uh, what are the benefits of that we can provide and what are the limitations and things that we can't? So in order to design that then, we kind of have to look at, okay, what is important when, uh, when uh, communicating or when meeting people in reality? So for me, the way I'm picturing it is the, the, at some point, you have to actually talk to <laughs> this person. Like it's a relationship app. What we want to do though is bef we want to be everything before that point of you're talking to them now, you're interacting with them, you're doing stuff with them. What is it before that point? And I've got a few things here that we're trying to, to get across. So if you think about it in a real world context, you go to a club, you do, I don't, but yeah, some other people do. You go to a club and then what is it that prompts you to interact with someone? Well, first, I mean, a big part of it is, even though people might say that it isn't, is you look at them, okay, am I physically attracted to this person? Is this person attractive to me? So that's part of it. And then you look at, okay, how are they interacting with the people around them? So the way I picture it, it's kind of like, it's kind of like you're in a library looking at books. How do you know which book you want to pick up and read? So People say that hey, don't judge a book by its cover. I say that's ridiculous. That's the reason we have covers on books is to get a bit of an idea. Don't fully judge a book by its cover because obviously it can be completely different inside. But the idea of a cover is to get a bit of an understanding of 
what that book is, who that person is. So in, in the book analogy, you've got a cover and you've got a blurb. So the cover gives you a bit of an idea about, okay, where, where they come from, what the story is, and then the blurb is a bit of an idea about who they are. So for me, I think that our application should be, okay, we're trying to communicate those things to someone. This is a bit of an idea about who someone is. Do you want to interact? Do you want to read that story? Yeah, a lot of things went through my mind then actually as you as you spoke. So, uh, yes, I used to go to clubs. <laughs> I'm a bit old now to go in a club. But um, uh, I think for me if I go back to, you know, when I was younger and how these interactions would occur, I don't think I actually ever intentionally went out to, to, to go find someone. That was the interesting point. So... You know, you might go to a club and coincidentally a set of circumstances lead you to talking to someone and then as you start to talk to someone, you you might begin to build a attraction for them at that point in time. And to me, it's the interaction which you which is important. So you can't really – I think that's difficult to get from an image and it made me think about whether uh, these apps do do videos uh, to present people. I'm sure some of them do but – you know, what form of interaction? That, that maybe that's that's uh, where you can provide some um, some options of like, what form of interaction or engagement are you interested to see about this person? Because that's I think where the attraction comes from. You can see someone that might be physically beautiful, then you meet them, and then they're a, a pain to you. You know, and then you're like, oh, they look so good in the image, and then now you just hate every time you see them, and. It's not their image didn't change. It was the your interactions with them made you change your perspective about them. And so I think if I think about what's important, it's uh, the interaction. So that could possibly be by video. That could be just even by chat. If I remember when I first started using the internet, um, sort of mid nineties, it was text based chat. Um, actually, it was before the internet with bulletin boards and all the rest. It was text based chat. And some of these people I, I didn't meet for like six months and then I'd meet them. But what was interesting is we actually had a bond before that point because we believed in the same kind of uh, ideas, I guess, and we shared certain thoughts and all the rest of it through text. So when I met them, um, it was kind of like I already somewhat knew the person and so it wasn't like a surprise to me like I couldn't get along with them, I guess, or, or et cetera. But I can imagine if I did that from a photo, that would be a very different proposition. Um, uh, here's a photo of someone, here's their profile. I read that. There's an expectation set by me. Never interacted with the person. I go there. I interact with them. My perception of what they look like on paper is completely in conflict about how I feel with interacting with them. And so the expectation's broken, I guess. Interacting is definitely the ideal thing to do. I guess the problem with, like you are saying, even if, if you could just message people straight off the bat is, again, technology and being able to connect with so many people, it's it, it will become overwhelming quite fast. Like you think if you're in a physical location, there's only a certain amount of people that can be in your vicinity. So there's a certain amount of people that can approach you at any one given time. Whereas in a digital space, you could have hundreds thousands of people approaching at once and you can't actually physically deal with all that so i think definitely the interaction is the part we want to get them to but i think interaction is where we leave it to the other people that's not what what our application is ours is to say to try and say okay this is the direction you should maybe consider looking in this is the person you should maybe consider interacting with and i think what's important there again as well as the photo as well as the bio is to get an understanding of who they are. I mean, this is something I talked about in the last one that for me, that's what I'm looking for when I'm reading a their profile. It's like, okay, I'm trying to get an understanding of their character, what type of person they are. So I think that is is the benefit of these type of applications. You can get a bit of an understanding of the type of person they are before even beginning to talk to them. Obviously, you should limit your expectations to be like, okay, just because I have a bit of an understanding of who they are doesn't mean we'll necessarily get along. But I think the what I would like to do if I was designing this is I would like I would focus on okay, how do you 
get a good understanding of the type of character, the type of person someone might be before interacting with them. Yeah, and that, I, I think that's a great example of what we were talking about before, which is knowing your limitations. So I think automatically as I talked through that, you eliminated the ability for the platform to do interaction and said that's much better done in the real world. Uh, technology is too limited in order to provide that uh, that service. So it's not what we're about. And so that's quite good. That means that, you know, if I think about the app, we can actually educate people about this that, okay, and they're in a much better position, I guess. Okay, what you see on this app is a representation of, uh, of who that person is and what they could be. Um, and that um, uh, be careful setting the expectation, always have the understanding that when you first interact with them, it might not align. But just knowing that information and having a service on, on a relationship app that educates people about the difference, you know. So this is the, the relationship app is to provide the opportunity and we provide the opportunity by help, by helping uh, uh, get some level of feeling for the person you're going to meet. But then uh, we can't guarantee how your interaction is going to occur, and so always be prepared that uh, that 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 there's there might be a misalignment that because of the limitation of this technology kind of thing. So, just having that education so that people when they first get on they know what to expect is going to set them up with the right mindset. And like you said earlier, it's really the purpose of this is as a mediator or as to, to try and help filter out people because. There's however many millions of people that are would be able to use this. You're not going to connect with all of them, so it's helping to narrow that down. But again, to say that even though we've narrowed it down doesn't necessarily mean that this is going to be the perfect person for you. I think the education part is very valuable. If we could somehow... Because I, I imagine... I mean, it's easy for people who have been through relationships and understand how it can be, but for new people, for people who, again... Like I said, it would be good if people understand who they are before trying to get into a long-term relationships. But even knowing that is difficult. So to help educate, okay, this this just because you're connecting with someone doesn't necessarily mean that's going to result in a relationship. You know, just take it as okay. This person, it seems like we might get along. Let's let's now interact and see if that is the case. Yeah. So I have a question then. If we look at now that we're narrowing down what we're what we're looking at doing, it's a digital media to provide opportunity to help us filter through uh, a wide variety of different people. Um, what about those people that like to be a bit more spontaneous? Do we provide them with opportunities where it becomes a bit mysterious or do we sort of say that that is not really part of uh, who we are? That is definitely a part of who we are, I think. <laughs> because what we're trying to do is evaluate the character of people. So people, if they are more spontaneous, well, we use that. That's a character trait. And then we just need to match that to other people that that character trait aligns with. So the two, whether you're spontaneous or whether you're, what what, what would be the opposite of that? Uh, Non-spontaneous. <laughs> Take the easy option. I like that. Whether you're, yeah, reserved, I guess, spontaneous or reserved, it doesn't matter. They're both character traits and we're trying to, we're working at it from a character trait level, not from a specific implementation of a character trait. Okay, then the question comes uh, with how much information you provide different people because someone that wants to be more spontaneous might not want to narrow down and filter out the person. They might want to have a a spontaneous interaction that we somehow provide. Now, I haven't thought through how you do this, but I guess do we want to cater for those people that want to be spontaneous and don't want as much, as much control or over uh, – this is sort of that back to that uh, – uh, not autonomy, you used another word. Agency. Uh, agency. So, you know, that comes back to the agency. Um, some people want a lot of agency over who they get to meet. Other people might just want it to be almost like you – you kind of choose for them and they'll go and see what happens. Um, so do we, is there, have we got a range here we cater towards? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm wondering if there is a way that you could notify, say if you are a spontaneous person and you want to interact with someone, if you would noti could notify the other person and be like, okay, this person wanted to connect with you at random versus this other person wanted to connect with you because they saw like your character and they 
felt like they wanted to make a connection there. Yeah, I, I think that'd be cool. I was thinking about different ways you could do this. So like let's say uh, I want to meet someone randomly and I'm going to this concert or, you know, it, I mean it's been quite clear about it. I'm going to this concert just uh, wondering if anyone else is going to that concert and and basically it's a random connection where they don't really get to see any information almost or uh, very little information and so just uh, then that becomes that sets up an opportunity where it, uh, people might not be as comfortable but it does set up more of an opportunity where it becomes aligned to that sort of reality situation I was saying before where, um, you know, you don't really know, out of circumstance you meet someone which you're attracted to because of the interaction you had. So by not having any information prior, that means that you don't have an expectation of who this person is. You're just, the only expectation you have is they're going to the same place to you. And so, oh, okay, they must be interested in, and that was a little bit like you said prior, oh, they must be interested in this singer or this band or whatever. So that's what we have in common and that's it. And then you go there and you sort of had a, have a spontaneous interaction. And I think fairly quickly with an interaction, you know whether you, you like each other or not. Um, and then I guess it's always a bit hard. What do you do after that point? But, um, yeah, I was just thinking of the range in which uh, we, we provide the service to people. I wonder if you would set up events like that would be part of the service whether it's and it could be virtual events it could be virtual it could be real world like cause there's many different types of people so i mean for me like the whole idea of a metaverse and concerts in virtual reality that turns me way off but for some people they might enjoy that so maybe you set up like those kind of events and then maybe you set up analog events where it's like okay people within this range of this city maybe we're having a we're going to get a singer there we're going to put on a concert whatever come and enjoy it and that way you can cater to many different types of people by having different types of events that they may be interested in and they can meet there yeah yeah definitely and do you think that um so for that extreme so we've got sort of two extremes here that they are and that provides a range in which our service sort of provides on one extreme you really get no information except that it's like you're meeting at this place and this is the event or something and the other extreme is that you get a full detailed understanding of a profile and picture and uh, about the person and then i guess there's a range in which you 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 sit in between and maybe that's where the digital mediator um, can help so basically you know this is where the digital mediator really only provides an event and this is where it provides full detail and then you've got that variance in between yeah i mean we as the service providers would have to have some understanding of the clients then of the users and then we would try and like you said we'll try and sit you on that um spectrum it's like okay you're more of the type who wants to get to know people you're more of the type who wants to be spontaneous and go to events and stuff i don't know like i'm just thinking through it as as you've brought it up i hadn't thought about it in in that kind of way does it bring up any ideas to you about what you would do with it, how you would do it. Yeah, it kind of makes me think of a sort of this uh, model which sort of loops back into itself. So, and I kind of feel like, uh, yeah, so you could, and this is where the education piece comes in, but then you'd have sort of a research piece which would feed back into uh, have the service always adjusting to its user base. So like the idea would be that, um, you know, this would be the important part, which I don't think a lot of technology services do. We get They get a lot of statistical information. They know their users inside out, right? But do they educate you about their users? It's unlikely they do because that's their power and benefit is that they know something you don't know. So in my mind, wouldn't if we want this dating app, wouldn't it be that we would feed back what the users were using it for? And so then you would have an education piece, which would be, this is what we learned about our users. This is, um, you know, this is what they say and, and, and how they best use the service for their, for their needs and all the rest of it. But then it's a research piece to look at, okay, are we meeting, are we meeting the needs of our, our users? And, and that research piece should be really the data is provided, obviously in an anonymous level, but, aggregated data is provided and the information about how the service is 
is being used is fed back to the users so they have a clear understanding of what the company's actually doing what they're collecting how they're utilizing it and how they're educating users and i think that if you did that that's in the perpetual benefit of everyone um, because you know your service gets the value of having the user's input and understanding of what their needs are but then you're feeding back to the users how they're actually using it and they're checking against themselves to go yeah that's actually how i want to do the service or no actually now that i've reflected upon it and i see the results i maybe i should try and use it this way or, or etc yeah i think that's a really great point that feeding back into the system would help to improve it and make it better i was even thinking you we can have user feedbacks like people who actually interact with each other they can evaluate and say oh, okay this person was like they were on the profile or i found this different about them so that people can get a better idea of each other like you look at a lot of apps nowadays have feedback features like a uber right when you go to select the driver i don't use uber by the way so if this is wrong tell me but it gives you like a score because people have fed back and have said okay this person they they picked me up on time they were had a clean car whatever it is and that gives you a better understanding of it so Instead of us always having to, us as the developers, instead of us always having to um, maintain the system and 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 be like centralized control, we kind of decentralize control by allowing everyone to feed back into it and to get a better understanding of each other and what they want and how they might connect together. Yeah, I agree. And I think the big difference here is to have the use have the users be completely aware of the statistics, whether they're adding or detracting from the service so i think at the moment the way in which all businesses collect statistics is to show how good they're doing so they're only going to highlight those statistics which they want you to know and and um to show you how their service is better than the next but from my point of view it's for me the statistics in that consideration the statistics is important for the business for monetary gain but to me the statistics is important for self-regulation. So like, you know, you can't always see outside yourself, but if you, you know, if you can monitor yourself through external statistics and I'm being general here, but if you can get that feedback loop, that actually helps the user. And that's really what we're after doing, you know, as a business, you're trying to help the user. But unfortunately, I think the way in which stats are used today is to really leverage any monetary gain for the business. And it really is never really used to educate the users. Um, yeah. I agree. And it aligns highly with our principles then because you're being honest and transparent because you're feeding back to the user. You're empowering them even more. So you're giving them more agency over what they're doing because they have better understanding about what's going on, what other people are like, how how the way they're interacting with it is affecting things. there's accountability there as well because if we're getting the feedback from someone like if someone acts poorly then other people are going to see it so they're going to be held accountable for that and then i mean the compassion piece just comes down to individuals i think then that you've got to recognize that you know yeah but compassion can come down to uh, we understand why the business made a certain decision so like you you know like i think about and uh i don't i don't agree with social media platforming and 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 uh, uh banning and all the rest of it i guess but we don't really have insight to why they ban it. So if we had statistics and insight to why these, like Facebook is banning accounts or why certain places are banning accounts, then at least we can have compassion or understanding about the steps in which they took. So to me, when you don't make that transparent, then the person's uh, relies on themselves to make an assumption and that assumption might be incorrect. So, um, Statistics can be, although it might not seem valuable to you uh, as a business, if you think about it, it helps others understand the decisions that you have made and that it can be quite challenging. So like there's not an ideal answer. So if you don't provide them with statistics and go, oh, look how grey this area is and that that really isn't a very good solution, that's why we keep sort of moving around in it then people don't get that understanding. They think, oh, well, why don't you just do it this way? It would solve it all. They're not getting the full information. Yeah, it's a better alignment with reality, as we were talking about before, by giving them that information, that feedback. It's like, well, 
this is what happened. We ran the simulation. This is the results we got. So now it's up to you. How do I take that information and implement it? Because it's up to each of us to make our own decisions at the end of the day. That's where the agency comes comes in. And the only way to make good decisions, no matter what it is in life, is to have the most amount of information about it as possible, to have the, the most accurate information as possible. So, yeah, it's, it's really helping to empower people. Definitely. I don't know how we, we make an app out of that. <laughs> I don't know that we talked practically about how you could do this too much, but I hope, it, um, I hope it gives a bit of an idea about how the complexity of such a thing and helps people maybe think a little bit deeper about uh, how we interact with one another and how we go about formulating relationships. How, how, because it was a little bit haphazard and all over the place there and we were throwing out ideas, do you have a good way to summarize this that you would think, okay, these are the high, these are the key points I would want to hit if I am making a a relationship app? Yeah, okay. So if I think about what we've talked about, there's probably a few key components which are, are, are central to the to our service. I'm gonna I'm gonna say service because app is it could be on the web, it could be wherever. So I'm just gonna say service. To me, it's Firstly, understanding that the core functionality of our business is a digital mediator. Um, so understanding, and we talked a little bit about that, which is, you know, having this ability for the digital media to, to give those people that uh, are a bit more risky or want mystery to have uh, their, their uh, needs met in, in mediating just an event or those that really want all the details and to get a bit of an expectation about who they're going to meet before they meet them and the mediator giving all that information. So I think that is central, that that digital mediator and and covering that spectrum. Then I think the second part is definitely education. So I don't know. Uh, it makes me wonder whether these other apps actually um, provide any education. Does, you know, does Tinder uh, educate people about, uh, I mean, even just sil something silly like safe sex. Does it actually educate people about... Um, Silly, Mick. That's a <laughs> pretty big, uh, pretty uh, important topic there. <laughs> I should, shouldn't should say silly. I mean obvious. Yeah. Sorry. Obvious is probably a better yeah, word for joking. that. Yeah, I joking. I know yeah, that's what yeah. you meant, but yeah. But uh, something as obvious as that or like uh, just even violence. Like uh, you think about um, these dating apps, you know, um, uh, does it teach them about consent and violence and or, you know, what a, what a you know what a good relationship could be or I don't know. I don't know. But to me, uh, if, we're, if we're providing opportunities for, for um, relationships, then I think education's got to be uh, part of that. That's our responsibility to provide some education. If I was to kind of summarise and be a bit more practical, if you were going to implement this, if you were actually going to design it, what I would say and what I would do is to focus on how you communicate the character of someone in an application like this. How, how do you get the kind of person that they are? That, that's, that's where my main focus would be. Like you, like you just said, it's, it's about providing people opportunities to meet, not necessarily that it's always going to work out. And just that idea that we stop at a certain point. It's really just, like I said, you're picking up a book in a library, you're flipping it over. Is this a book that I want to read? Do I want to go further into it? That's the kind of thing we're doing. We want to give a person a brief overview of this is someone does it look like the type of person that you want to get to know yeah that's a that's a really good piece actually it, it strips it back to maybe i was thinking very broad in that educating outside the scope of the service but yeah i think what you're doing is bringing it back and educating the person about the service and what it can and can't do for them and how how best to try and uh, use our service in order to get the best out of it I guess as well. I think so. I think I was just trying to draw, okay, that's the limitations of our service. That's what we're focusing on. That's what we want to do because we acknowledge that a big part, if not the majority of formulating a relationship is actually interacting with someone and getting to know them in person, which we can't really facilitate through, through our service. But what we can facilitate is to say, hey, this person, they, they seem like this type of a person is this someone you would like to get to know further. Yeah, definitely. And then I think the last key part piece to me is something around that uh, uh, 
how the surface how the service works or and it's I guess it's statistics. To me it'd be nice to see like this is an ideal and you'd have to think about security and all the rest of it to implement it. But if you're going to have an anonymized data set that was aggregated like uh, ABS, which is Australia's Bureau of Statistics, so that's like the government uh, database bank from uh, the data it collects about its population. If you could have it, a data set like that, but people could be, be able to, you would do some simple analysis on it, but other people could do analysis on it as well. I think that's really important because you're providing a service, you're gaining a lot of information about people and the fact that you don't share, if you don't share that and keep it to yourself, um, kind of find it's a disservice to our ultimate goal. Yeah. Okay, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think, okay, how do, we sum, sum, how do we finish this up? One thing I just want to go back to and highlight is that the main issue that I think I have with uh, a lot of the dating apps that are currently out there is that their objective is not aligned with their, how they make their money. So they can never succeed. If they succeed at one, the other one fails. And usually they pick the money side versus the relationship side. And so I think if someone is thinking about designing a relationship app that actually works or that works effectively, concentrate on that. Concentrate on your objective and figure out how to align your business model with that objective. Correct, yes. And even if that comes at the cost of uh, uh, a, a, a contraction in growth, I guess. Yeah. But with that, again, recognize that there is value far beyond uh, money in in doing such in following such an endeavor. Meek, is there anything else you want to say about dating apps? No, uh, in our case, relationship apps. <laughs> relationship, sorry, relationship apps. No, that's all right. It's been very insightful. Uh, first, understanding what one is, and then trying to create one. But um, yeah, no, it's been fun. Yeah, I think so. I, I enjoyed it, and uh, hope everyone else out there did as well. All right. Finally, Mick. Finally, I got to pick a meatloaf song. I was I was holding out. I was like, I got to find a good topic that matches one of the songs perfectly. So my supplemental song suggestion for today, I went with something a little less known by Meatloaf just to prove that I actually listened to him and I'm not just following the hits. So the song that I'm suggesting is Meatloaf's Dead Ringer for Love, and that's featuring Cher. And then the quote that I'm going to say, I think the original uh, context that this quote was said it has nothing to do with the relationships but I'm going to say it because it, you can kind of align it with relationships so the quote is the brain thinks but the heart knows and that's by Joe Dispenza so thanks for joining us for this discussion uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback about what we just talked about as always be well <laughs>